hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian worldview. But of course, as always, here's the catch. One of us is sitting in a chair, and from that chair, we will argue a specific point of the Christian apologetic. To my right, I have Winston. How are you, Winston? I'm doing well. How are you, John Arthur? I'm doing really well. Glad to have you on. Which chair are you sitting in today, sir? I'm sitting in the chair of culture. Excellent. You'll be talking about the culture and the counterculture that Christians need to bring to the table to change this world for the better. And to his right, have Miss Nikki. How are you? I'm very good. How are you today? Doing very well. With that said, which chair are you sitting in? Chair of theology. Excellent. The reason why we believe what we believe, coming from the inspired word of God. Moving to her right, we have Mr. Charlie. How are you, sir? We are doing fantastic, ready to go on a great topic tonight. Where are you sitting, sir? It's politics time. You're in the chair of politics, talking about the political nature and the ramifications of politics on our faith. Yep. Good. Thanks for being there. And we're moving over to his right. I've got Jennifer. Hello. I will be in the chair of philosophy today. Excellent. With that said, uh, I'll be sitting in the chair of economics. I am John Arthur, and we're going to dig right in. We've got a story that's been running around in the news full bore is the Afghanistan issue. But I think we're going to have a slightly different take than you might expect. But before we do that, let's set the table. Jennifer has two stories about what's going on there. If you haven't heard, if you're buried under a rock, Jennifer, go ahead and lighten them. Yes, so of course we're in the midst of pulling out all of our troops in Afghanistan. It was a total mess, absolute chaos. Taliban is running rampant. So the first story that we have is from NBC News. This was back on the 14th. Biden authorized 5,000 troops uh, for Afghanistan amid the Taliban advance. This was to help facilitate the evacuation of U.S. personnel, um, which has not been going very well. There was another story a few days later videos of the airport which i would encourage everyone to watch although it is it's pretty disturbing yeah people swarming the tarmac jumping on the outside of planes just desperate to get out of here people falling off of the planes after they've taken off really really heavy stuff and so mm-hmm. with that said this precipitous pullout has caused a lot of political backfire and people are talking about how this is the, the worst response that Biden's had. If you look at the poll numbers, they dropped down to 47%, I believe, as to a, a Reuters, Reuters story. But uh, I think the biggest issue is that we have a lack of culture change. And, and here's what I mean by that. The Breitbart here has a story, report Taliban killing people with Bibles on their phones. Throwing gays off the rooftops, killing Christians. If you wanted to westernize a society, we might have done it wrong. So we spent 20 years in Afghanistan. And I want to start this, this day off a little bit differently. I want to go around and say, we spent 20 years in Afghanistan. Hot take culturally, theologically, economically, philosophically, and politically. What did we do and what did we do wrong? Give us a short shotgun round and then we'll get get in deeper. Going to the cultural chair. 
Oh, I mean, we we tried to force an American culture on a culture that is one is not American and two doesn't really want to be American. So we did not meet the culture where it stands at all. Uh, we completely ignored them, as far as that's regard. And one might say that we ignored we ignored the change mm. that needed to occur. Yeah. But I won't steal the chair of theology's thunder. Miss Nikki, what do you think? Well, one of the things that we study in the Old Testament was the mindset of the day. And a lot of that mindset, Old Testament mindset of tribe, family tribe, then country, is pretty much true today in Afghanistan. And 20 years ago, I remember a reporter saying that this is not going to be successful because their mindset is in that way. I take care of my family, I take care of my tribe, and then my country comes next. And you're talking about history and history, history upon history, I should say, of a culture that is totally opposite than America. You're not going to solve that overnight. Absolutely. And the issue, I would argue, is from the heart. Moving on to the political chair, we spent 20 years nation building. Yep. What happened and what went wrong and what can Americans, and more importantly, Christians learn from the idea of nation building. I don't think we had enough vision. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people that would say that we screwed up from day one. We shouldn't have even gone in there. And we can have that debate. That, we can talk about that another time. What's interesting, though, is oh, that— Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll talk about it in my chair, but let's <laughs> keep going. But what's interesting about this is that, you know, had we had more of a vision about what we could do, should do, while we were over there, I think Winston's points are very well made. You can't Americanize them, nor should we try. But there are things that we could do, and I don't think there was enough vision to do that. This politically, and especially this week, has culminated in a categorization of total failure with a, a capital F. Nice. Nice job trying to time it for September 11th, oh creating my. a whole it, new it, one. Good it's job. just totally disastrous. I don't want to. I don't want to veer too too far into yeah. the into the mudslinging, but it's there. It, it can be had. Moving on to his right. Yes. So philosophically, um, when I look at the situation in Afghanistan, it seems to me like we were trying to fix a moral issue with the military rather than with the mm. gospel. Oh, great point. Reach it. That's, that sums it up for me. Well stated. That is exactly, and that, and that really reels really well into the economic chair. I'll say two-prong. We're spending $300 million, uh, what is that, $300 million a year on this, or is it, or is it more? I, 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 I have that stat. It's probably a conservative figure. Anyway, so, so we're spending this enormous amount of money over there in Afghanistan, and we're it's a huge cost of life. And instead of training, which we tried to train people over there, and now we've left all those people behind. Good job. Uh, we spent the money on a military effort, as Jennifer said. I loved exactly how she worded that. This is a theological issue because Islam is a political, socioeconomic, moral, spiritual issue. The Taliban is not going to be defeated by martial might. It's, you might be able to kick them to the curb and sit there for 20 years. 
but you're not going to change them. Money doesn't, you can't throw money at the problem. You have to get down on your hands and and scrub to make a difference in this world, which brings me to another little, little blurb that I have here. This comes from aboutmissions.org. And I, I thought this was interesting and actually pertinent to, to what we have here. Uh, right now, my, uh, my device is not loading as fast as I wish it would. Thank you. So there was a stat I'm rolling down in, in here. This is 3.5. It's about missions.org's missionary statistics. 3.5 billion unreached people in the world is the estimate by the Joshua Project. And I'm scrolling down further. I, I, I apologize. I lost my place here. But we have the... Here we go. Christians make up 33% of the world's population, but receive 53% of the world's annual income and spend 98% of it on themselves. Ouch. 33% of the world are, are so-called Christian, self-proclaimed. This is the economic chair speaking here. 53% of the annual income goes to the 33, and we spend 98% of it on ourselves. Something's wrong with that picture. Why are we not spending more in missions? Yeah. Why are we not focusing on Afghanistan, on Nigeria, on all these other nations where in, in, in our show map, and we're going to talk about current Christian persecution in an upcoming podcast, I'm sure. Uh, Jennifer's been putting in a lot of stories coming out of Nigeria where 3,500 something. Yeah, so this year, this was last month. 30, over 3,500 martyrs in Nigeria. And that's a very conservative figure. And the thing is, when you have that kind of a situation where there's a lot of martyrs, and we're talking purely from a religious standpoint, the impact on the culture is when they, people around that start looking at that. They start questioning, why are you dying for this? Why is, is there really something there? And and I don't know if you saw the the latest story that I posted, but there is a little good news. <clears throat> it lo looks like some a lot of Boko Haram is actually surrendering to the Nigerian army. That's but incredible. That's, but, They're trying but, to reintegrate. Yeah. But guess who doesn't want them back? That's where the love of Christ yeah. changes these people. This is what I was talking about when I was talking about the vision. Because, you know... Did we hear much about the opportunities to do missions uh, trips to Afghanistan? No, people are too afraid, and, and I'll, I'll be candid about this. Afghanistan is not Tahiti. Amen. On, on oh, any yeah. stretch. Amen. It's a, I'm sorry if you're for Afghanistan. I, I love you. I'm from Texas too, but uh, it's hot here. Not as hot as there. Okay. Yeah. Less humid there, though, so it feels a lot better. <laughs> I've been that to Israel, so I feel a true Texas since response. Since you've spoken up, Winston, since you've spoken up, <laughs> what do we need to do as a Christian church to ch not only change our culture, be because I think the church is too self-centric all too often. Mm -hmm. We Absolutely. focus on these programs. We focus on this. How do we reach out to the culture in two steps, transform our culture in the church, and start changing other people's cultures. You invest in them. That's, that's it. You invest in them. You don't invest in yourself. You invest in them. 
You don't treat them like a project, you treat them like a person or a culture. And to be clear, we've talked about money. When you say invest, you can't throw money you're not throwing, at a spiritual yeah, that's problem. That's not what he's talking about. Elaborate on that. Throwing, I know what you mean. You're throwing a lot of time. Uh, yeah, money, of course, but it's, it's mostly a, uh, a humanitarian. Or, it's a personal investment. Yes, yes. Um, with your body. Mm-hmm. With, yeah. with, with, your, with your time, your movements. Does that investment cost you something emotionally and spiritually? And physically, when you get up the next morning after staying up late. Oh, yes. You're going to be absolutely tired at your wit's end, but you're going to love every second of it. So maybe that's the, 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 the question I want to pass back around the room to Miss Nikki. Where has the church gone wrong in her focus? Because we saw an explosion of evangelism in the last two centuries, and it really looks like it's petered out. Well, actually, no, the Muslim countries are actually experiencing a great revival. And I am part of a prayer group in the morning. And right now, with the persecution that the Christians in Afghan know is coming, you will probably also see a very big increase in um, new salvations. When you, you know, we come to church and we all look nice and we live comfortable, right? But over there... When their very lives, their children, everything is by the grace of God. I'm going to get up this morning, and by the grace of God, I'm going to go to sleep tonight. And by the grace of God, my children are going to be okay. Because these people are going to gather them up, their whole families, and kill them. I don't know if you remember the 40 men that had their heads chopped off several years ago by the Taliban, who were Christian men. And one of those Taliban got saved because the man that was being killed gave him his Bible. So we're not getting our heads chopped off over here, but these people are willing to do that, whereas some Christians in church are unwilling to roll their fat posterior out of bed just to go to service, let alone volunteer at a soup kitchen or go help out at a local clinic that's a non-for-profit. You know what's really interesting? What what did the church do wrong here? I'm talking the American Western church. What are we getting wrong? In the Old Testament, if, and I'm sorry, I I can't go to this scripture, but the Lord is upset with the children of Israel. He talks about them laying on their couches Mm -hmm. and being idle, and they kind of lost purpose. It was very, um, you know, Self-centered. I want to say Isaiah. And it was very interesting because I thought, well, it just sounds like people sitting around watching TV all day long, you know, or we don't have to work hard for anything here. And so we're so soft. We're we're soft Mm. in character. Mm. And so we don't see the need across across the ocean. Just don't see it. I was going to add on to your point, John Arthur, that I think one of the things that we're seeing and it's not just in churches. Um, we are seeing this attitude of, you need to serve me. I'm not in the business of serving. Uh, I, I was really dumbfounded with something I had heard on the radio. I was listening to KSBJ the other day uh, on the morning show, and one of the hosts was talking about she had received a letter from the principal of the school for one of her kids. And guess what they were begging for? 
begging. Volunteers. It's not just in the churches. There is a lethargy and an attitude of you need to serve me as opposed to I need to look for a way to serve you. A consumer mentality and a lack of personal responsibility. Probably brought on by a large epidemic of fatherlessness. And, And by the way... I don't mean sperm donors being in the same house, although that, that, those people being missing happens right. much more than it should. I'm saying there are a lot of fathers out there who are not dads. They don't raise the kid, to boy or girl, to be a functional human. That's why Gen Z and, and, and my generation, millennials, are so crippled. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to make one more point on the political side. The damage that has been done by this one action, and I appreciate some of the the liberal Democrats coming out and just really letting the president have it on this, because this the words that were used in one particular interview, this did not have to be this way, yeah. and and I I couldn't I could not agree more. This did not. Whether you agree or disagree about the troops being there, we can debate that all day long. How to get them out and get people out safely without fear of being killed, that should not have been a problem. Correct. And this is easily, um, I, I forget which, which former uh, Pentagon officer said this, but this is easily one of the worst. No, no, no. Excuse me. I'm quoting the former advisor to Margaret Thatcher. This is easily the worst military blunder in recent history. That was an article out of the UK Mail. And we've damaged our reputation as a nation. Nobody will trust us anymore. Well, you know, we did this in Saigon. People say that, but it only takes about 50 years for people well, to get dumb enough to, to let us come back into their country again, muck everything up, and then leave them for dead. I guess the, the, what I'm looking at is, yeah. You look at Saigon, okay, once burned my fault. Twice. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and guess what? You know, this is the twice. And I don't think, I don't think nation, when, when nations look at America to help them in the future, there's going to be an extremely wary eye. There might even be, you know what? Y'all go ahead and just stay over there. I think we'll go ahead and try to take care of this ourselves. Which... And, there's a part of me that says, yes, yes take care uh, of it on okay. your own. Yeah, sure. but, but then there's the other fact is, is that we came in to get rid of a terrorist op for organization. Now, of course, I, I, I have my opinions about the Taliban and how much complicity criminal elements in our government organization had with that. Yeah, that's but an interesting topic. I don't want to dig into that today. But the point is, we went in with the people's consent because we were going to free them from an oppressive regime. All we did was is quagmire. Yes. I want to rotate over to Jennifer. Philosophically, I just want to pull, pull us back on the topic, and if you have any other points, let's, let, let's hit those right now as well. But when we go into a country to change it, what should we be targeting? How should we be carrying out that war? And I'll use the Taliban's words. I'll use the Islamist's words. What kind of jihad should we be waging? 
how should we be pursuing that end? Yeah, well, first, uh, the, the passage that Nikki was referencing is in Amos 6, and it, it, you sh I encourage you guys to read it. It starts, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Oh. Be careful, oh. church. We do not take sin and seriously. That's right. Seriously at all. But getting to your question, when we go into Afghanistan or, or any place, and I don't know if this can apply so much to the military, but anytime that we're going to have a presence somewhere, ideally you should be focusing on evangelism. Always. You know, no, I, I said it at the start. You can't change someone morally through the military. And, and this whole... Take two. There's so much to it. You can see her face right now. She's absolutely livid. I have so livid. many thoughts. <laughs> I was going to say, it's because hard to put it, in words. Yeah. It, let me say it because I, I thought it about it more about this Boko Haram, but I think it applies in Afghanistan also. The idea of them now coming back and asking for forgiveness and people not wanting to give it. What Boko Haram has done is horrific. What the Taliban has done is horrific. So have so is what we have done Amen. in the eyes of God. Yes. Don't think that we are so morally superior to these people. I don't care if they murdered someone and you've never murdered someone. If you've broken one part of the law, you've broken, broken all of all. it. God forgave us. God saved us and redeemed us. And now we can be moral people. He can do the same for the Taliban. He can do the same for Boko Haram. But we have to evangelize. And Great we have thoughts. to disciple them, as I'm sure Winston yes. is ready to say. Sorry that that took so long to get out. No, <laughs> it, it, it's an emotionally weighty matter. And figuring out the right word. On, on how to articulate it, there's a lot of emotion here because we're watching people die actively, American yes. citizens and Afghani allies. We're watching them die over such a nonsensical, stupid political posturing. We're worried about about who didn't like our TikTok. I'm, I'm looking at you, Lizzo, all of you. And you, you're whining and complaining about negative comments when you're twerking with your half-naked posterior. There are people out there, real women, who are being taken out mm. of positions of honor, mm. who, who, are, who are real women in trouble. It, that's the word I'm using. I'm, 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 I'm kind of having a hard time getting it out myself. There are women who are under duress, real duress. And we're focused on this fourth-wave feminism garbage. And that, that, that really takes me to, I, I just want to talk about how this is being covered and how we, we've really missed the evangelism story and the discipleship story. Because looking at people who are murdered in mass by Boko Haram or by the Taliban, the martyrs, that's not good news cycle. You know what's good news cycle? Lizzo complaining about something. Um, so, Jesse Smollett saying that, that, that he got hit by, by, by MAGA people. These people coming up with these absolutely stupid, nonsensical hate crimes. When we have real hate crimes, people are being raped, murdered, cut in half for the gospel. And even not for the gospel. You want to talk about Muslims? Let's talk about the Uyghurs in China. Okay, 
we have a lot of causes to get behind. The cause of Christ is, is the greatest, but instead of that, we're spending all of this money on ourselves, and then we virtue signal on Twitter. And there's causes on our soil. What about abortion? How many Christians are up in arms about abortion like they should be? None. It, it's, it's sad. It, and, and, and that's an interesting one. We should do a full topic on it sometimes, but it's overwhelming, that one, because uh, half of the people in this room were born after abortion was a given. And we've come into this world thinking that like, it, it's this huge monster when we have a holocaust occurring. And it's, prime, it's targeted at undesirable genetics based on Margaret Sanger's rule or ruler. And it, it's an ethnic cleansing. It's the attempt anyway. And we, we don't deal with that. Instead, we deal with all of this superficial nonsense. It, and again, the news doesn't deal with it because it's not economically feasible. Christians don't talk about it because the pastors are worried about losing their 501c3, as we've talked about in previous episodes. Churches don't tackle this right now because it's a hot issue and it could lose them parishioners. Maybe that shouldn't be. Comfortable. Um, uh, tell your congregation that next week there won't be any chairs. See how many show up. Wow. That is... What a, what a point. <laughs> how about no air conditioning? See how many show up. You know what's funny about that is that... Um, you, you saying that um, takes me to a story in the Middle East, uh, and I don't know if it was Afghanistan or, or Iraq or Iran, one of those countries. And the picture was of the church was full, and they had a stairwell, and the stairwell was full to hear the preaching. And a guy comes, a guard comes walking in and he goes to the very front and sits in the front pew. It was stone cold quiet. Pastor didn't say much, then finally started preaching some more. And that soldier yelled, Allahu Akbar. And what did everybody do? They ducked. And nothing happened. The soldier wanted to hear about the gospel. He wasn't there to kill. And you know what? Those people were in unconditioned. They stood, it was standing room only, under the threat of persecution. I'm not sure there's very many of our Christians in this country that would do that. Just to sit. Just in to an un-air-conditioned church would get most Christians out. I love the way you said that. Hey, I would say, knocking on the Baptist here, uh, if you move their pew, because oh you know, that, 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 that same pew has their, their rump conformed into the wood, the, you know, nice little divot. But going around the room, because we do need to wrap up, we will be going back to hour-long episodes shortly. I promise. <laughs> I've said this before. I am so sorry. We're coming back to hour-long episodes soon. Going around the room, Winston, chair culture. Uh, just a quick, pithy, hot wrap-up here. What did we do wrong? And going forward, more importantly, going forward, what do we need to do 
in our culture and in our world. We need to be willing to be uncomfortable. Mm. What does that mean? We need to be willing to establish relationships that take time, emotional effort, uh, mental effort, um, that offset some of the things that we want to do. Uh, we need to have to uh, relinquish some of our funds mm -hmm. that we could have been spent on hobbies or whatever because it's more important that we reach others than it is that we pleasure ourselves. Amen. Amen. We need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. We need to, you know, when I pray, I say, Lord, I don't, I don't know their names. I don't know their faces. But I know they're there, and they're my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I'm very concerned. From a political aspect, we probably did the most damage that we could have possibly have done by executing the actions the way that we did. We lied, and the, the, I think the greatest thing that we could do, I'm not expecting it, but the greatest thing that we could do is stand up and tell the Afghan people we were wrong, we're sorry and we'll fix it. And frankly, I think we should go back full force, knock it down, pull right out, but... For another day, but for yes. For another day. Yeah. Just building what you said, moving over to the philosophical <laughs> chair. So, I think that America's done a lot of good in the world, but it's important to remember justice will not be found in this lifetime, on this mm. earth. Amen. No matter how long it lasts, there will always be injustice. It will never all be fixed. Justice comes through God after this life is over. And that's what we need to focus on. That's where we need to store up our treasures, and that's where we need to hunker down and start winning souls. Wonderful word, and it sets it up really well for me in the economic chair. I'm always setting up the Thank you. It's a, nice, it's a nice layup. Where is your treasure stored? And let me be clear. We talk about treasures in heaven. We talk and talk and talk about treasures in heaven. What are treasures in heaven? One, souls for Christ. Souls. These are people who you have brought. It, oh, I'm getting a star in my crown because my husband snores. Oh, I'm getting a star. You're going to get a star in your crown, honey, because your wife is so such a nag. No. That's not what that is. You get stars in your crown for evangelizing and mm -hmm. discipling, whether it's you're discipling the kids at the local elementary school mm -hmm. Or if you are going and working, if you're working and volunteering in a janitor position at a local uh, not-for-profit Christian clinic or, or, or at your church or at a soup kitchen, do something that changes lives for Christ and changes those people. If you're not ministering to the saints, you should be ministering to the sinners. Be a provider, not a consumer. This has been a great topic. Hey, with that said, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. As always, we appreciate your listenership. Please leave those five-star ratings, likes, subscribes. We, we really covet those. This podcast has grown in a wonderful way since we've started in June. And uh, we just want to say thank you, thank you. Amen. And we look forward to much more time with y'all. 
uh, with that said, if you uh, liked what we were talking about or if you had a specific comment you want to throw in there, throw it down in the comment section down there and tell us from which chair you're, you're commenting. Or if you didn't like it, go ahead and tell us why we stink. And uh, make sure you tell us from which chair you're doing it. Uh, if you like this, again, like always, like. And if you didn't like it, hit that, uh, hit that subscribe button. Uh, with that said, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you. Best wishes. Bye -bye. God bless.